Edward Gibbon, great writer of uh, a couple centuries ago, said this, the winds and waves are always on the side of the ablest navigators. The winds and the waves are always on the side of the ablest navigators. I love that quote because it really tells us that the wind can be against us, the waves can go against us, but if we are able to navigate our way, um, things are going to be okay. And it's just a great illustration, I think, of life and, and, and how one feels when they feel like they really have been shafted, to, to, to use that term. And I hope that's not too offensive. Really, my title has more to do with how to, how to get shafted and stay healthy uh, because that's really the issue here. Uh, the issue is not whether or not you will be shafted. It's when and how many times. And I think most of you know that. Um, but the real issue, the real crunch comes down to, am I going to stay healthy on that? Because there's an awful lot of people who don't. And, and you know, it may, be, it may be a business deal gone sour. And you really did get shafted. And somebody literally did run off with a gold mine and you didn't get any of it. And maybe it was their fault, maybe it was your fault, and maybe it was nobody's fault, but, but maybe they did some things, and you can look back on it, and at the time you can say, yeah, they really, uh, they really shafted me there. And, and I've heard of stories like that. Saw a friend not too long ago, well, it's been a couple of years now, and, and it was one of those deals where he's, he, was, he was in business with another friend, and they had a pretty decent-sized business, and and, um, and I, I can't give details. I mean, you know, this, this Internet stuff you've got to be careful with, and all these messages go on the Internet. Um, but I jumped out of the car, and he lit up, and I lit up, and we hadn't, he didn't know I was going to be there, and we just started, hey, Rich, hey, how you doing? And I'm, I'm, I promise you, there was that much greeting. Hey, how you doing? How you, doing? you won't believe what he did, Rich. And he left me with, I don't know, X million dollars of debt. And... Um, he knew I knew who he was talking about. But, I mean, it was that quick. And it had been several months, not that he should have been over it, but the point is, this guy got the shaft, and the other guy ran off of the gold. And um, that happens. It might, be, it might be something more personal than that, a, a more personal relationship where someone betrays you. Maybe it's, maybe it's something simple that other people would look at and say it's not really that big a deal that they were talking that way about you, get over it, grow up. Maybe it's something like that, or just a good friend that sort of, sort of turns their back on you, figuratively speaking. Maybe, maybe it's a mate uh, that, that, that walks out on you, and, uh, and, and, there's, and there's a divorce. Those are some of, the, some of the hardest things to deal with, with people who, who... And I had a friend who used to say this. He said, you know, I can... And he, would, he said it this way, and I'm not... I'm not endorsing this statement. I'm just quoting him. He said, I can tell a woman who's been through a divorce. I said, how's that? He said, oh, her attitude enters the room about 10 feet ahead of her. And uh, I said, well, you know, that might be, but I said, I know some guys like that too. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, you got a point. Here's the truth of the matter. And some of you have been through this, and uh, some of you are still dealing with it, and some of you are in the middle of it. Those are very, very difficult things to go through. And I think it's the second hardest thing in life. Just, I, I haven't been through a divorce, but I've been through a lot of divorces with a lot of friends. And I think it's the second hardest thing to go through in life, all the different things that go along with that. I think the first hardest thing is, is, is losing a child. But, but I think this is the second one. And, um, and, and, and there are some very personal, tough issues. You've got to, just gut-wrenching issues that you've got to deal with on either side, whatever the circumstances. 
It's just not a natural thing. And, and there, are, there will always be one, or in some cases both, who come away from that situation saying, boy, I, I really did get the gold mine. In some cases, he or she did get the shaft. Or excuse, he, I, really, I got the shaft, and they did get the gold mine, or whatever the case may be. Um, it may be something like that. Those are tough. And, you know, it may be something lesser. Maybe something where you just feel like you've been taken advantage of. Maybe it's in a relationship with a friend. Maybe, maybe marriage. Maybe just family. But you feel like you've been taken advantage of. And when other, some, someone else were to look at that situation, step back from it, they would probably say, the same, yeah, you've been taken advantage of. Those things can, you know, it may be simple, but that can hurt. And it can really bother you. And it can really, you know, carry it around. So, so really, my, my issue, my point that I'm saying is, you know, how can I get shafted and stay healthy? Because that's really the challenge. The shafts of life are going to come, if I, want to, if I can say it that way. The question is, how am I going to stay healthy? And how am I going to stay healthy in my relationship with myself? How am I going to stay healthy, you know, internally? How am I going to stay healthy in my relationship with others? And most importantly, how am I going to stay healthy in my relationship with God? Because they're all tied in together. And that's an important issue. So this is what I'm going to do because, you know, when we start, that's what I'm talking about that. And when we talk about getting healthy, I mean, the unhealthy, you know, we get unhealthy when, when we develop through these things an inordinate amount of cynicism. I didn't say if you were a cynical type of person. That's a different deal. We have different personalities, different temperaments, and that, that's a different deal. But sometimes just the, the travails of life make us and make some people more cynical. Sometimes you'll see people who, who get be as they age, they get more cynical because of all the opportunities they have to get cynical because of all the stuff that happens, all the being taken advantage of, all of the, the people that turn their back on you, the people that betray you, the people that do this. There's always, a, there's always an abundance of that. So, you get, you get unhealthy when you develop that inordinate amount of cynicism. You get healthy when you fail to forgive, for goodness sakes. You know, that's, we're going to talk about that more in a moment, but when you fail to forgive, you get unhealthy. I can't really tell you how many times I've said, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have to forgive. There's no resolution. It doesn't appear as there's going to be any resolution. You're going to have to forgive. I'm not going to forgive. Well, what are you going to... They didn't ask for my forgiveness. I'm like, what? Well, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether they ask for it or not. You're going to have to forgive. It would be great if they did. Don't misunderstand. And those are great times sometimes when somebody comes and says, I really, I really messed you over. I'm so sorry. Please, please forgive me. Those are great times. They don't happen that much, but they're great times. You know, and, and the issue here is, who am I hurting if I don't forgive? Not them. You know, and bitterness sets in when we get unhealthy. Bitterness sets in. We get unhealthy. Self-pity starts becoming sort of, you know, oh, I'm just a victim. Oh, man, poor me. I can't believe these people did this to me. I, this person, I just, you know, I can't believe this all set in. You know, and that's the issue. That's why we have to approach this thing in a healthy way. By the way, speaking of self-pity, I have a great, I have two great quotes for you. Uh, one of them is from a guy by the name of Oliver C. Wilson. This is just sort of a side point to this quote. I love whenever I find a good quote and I can use it, I always try to find, you know, who is the person that said this? What were the circumstances? Was it in a speech? Was it in this? And, and so I, I, you know, so I did some searching. Now, I know in my office, 
Um, when I talk about stuff like, you know, on the inter- inter- internet and technical stuff, I mean, you know, I kind of get laughed at and they all treat me like trash and they all give me the shaft and, and, and say, uh, you're an idiot, you don't know, you know, all this other kind of stuff. They don't say it quite like that. Anyway, there's one thing I do know how to do. And by the way, I just so ha- I'm not bad. It's just that I, I'm, I live in an office with a bunch of stinking techno nerds and um, have no other life and can't do anything else with their life. But uh, no, I'm kidding, a little bit. And, 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 and I'm not too bad when I get around people my age, just for the record. So I do know how to search, okay? I do know how to search, and I, can, I know how to search for this stuff. I do know this, so I don't want you to think I didn't do a good... I search for this guy's name. This is something I really know how to do. I spent, honestly, 10 straight. That's a lot. That's a lot. Usually you can do it in like a few seconds. I spent 10 minutes looking for this guy. Who is this Owen C. Wilson? You know, who is this guy? Um, Or excuse me, Oliver C. Wilson. Owen Wilson's an actor. Oliver C. Wilson. Who is this Oliver Wilson? Who is Oliver C. Wilson? Here's what I found uh, through a whole bunch of stuff. This guy was a state, not United States, a state legislator in Minnesota, in the late 1800s. And then when you'd find different things, records and all kinds of stuff, nobody on any website anywhere knows anything else about Oliver C. Wilson. Just he was a legislator, a state legislator in Minnesota in the late 1800s. That's all we know. But he said one thing, and I'm going to show it to you in just a minute, which is really encouraging to me because it tells you that you can accomplish nothing in your whole life, but if you say one good statement... It's going to live forever. So I'm still working on that one good statement, okay? We can work on that. So here we go. Just wanted you to know about Oliver C. Wilson. Oliver C. Wilson said this. This is good. What poison is to food, self-pity is to life. Let's think about that a minute. It's pretty good, isn't it? What poison is to food, self-pity. We, we victim, we're victim. We're all victims. Oh, man. That's not healthy. It's like poison. And then as Bill sees it, he's the, uh, Bill W., the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, there's a book called As Bill Sees It. He said this, self-pity is one of the most unhappy and consuming defects that we know. It's a bar. Uh, It is a bar to all spiritual progress and can cut off all effective communication with our fellows because of its inordinate amounts of attention and sympathy. So when we're unhealthy, we get this, this cynicism. We, we don't forgive. Bitterness sets in. We become poor me. Self-pity sets in. None of that is healthy. So what are we going to do with this? I'm going to give you that right now. When you entrust your wrongs to God, you have a unique ability to move forward. When you entrust your wrongs to God, you have a unique ability to move forward. That's what I want to talk about for these next few minutes. And, and, and you know, I'm going to tell you how to do that. I'm going to try to tell you how to do that. Give you some, give you some guidelines of how do, how do I do that? How do I entrust my wrongs to God? Those who have wronged me and, and the wrongs that have come my way. How do I do that? All right, I'm going to show you three things. They're very simple. Listen to me carefully. They're very simple concepts. They're not quite as simple to do, which is often the case, right? First one is this. We're going to go and see this this in the Bible. I've got a great passage here for you. How do you do that? Number one, you refuse negative action. 
you refuse negative action. <clears throat> Let me show you what a great founding father, Noah Webster, said. By taking revenge, a man is even with his enemy. By passing over it, he's superior. That's good. So let's go to the book of Romans in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, and he wrote this. Keep in mind, he's saying refuse negative action. Just don't do it. Look what he says. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do your part to live at peace with everyone. Not everybody wants to live at peace, but do your part to live at peace with everyone as much as possible. Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for it is written, I will take vengeance, I will repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. Refuse negative action. I'm not going to be a part of that. Now listen, real quick, clarification. You're a business guy, lady, and you're in a deal that goes south, and somebody runs off with the gold, you got the shaft. Does that mean I don't do anything? I don't take ramifications to try to write it if I can, whether that be through court or whether that be through some other appeal? No, that's not what this is talking about. You do what you're supposed to do, you're, 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 particularly if you have responsibilities and, and uh, what's the term, fiduciary responsibility and, and all the other kinds of stuff that, that might be a part of all that. Surprised you with that word, didn't I? Um, read it somewhere. Um, you, you do what you can do. We're not saying you just let it go and say, okay, well, hey, hey, Mr. President of my company, I just let it go because I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to refuse negative action. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about more internal things. Okay, just want to, be, want to be clear about that. Because, you know, when we start strategizing and thinking and letting something consume, how we're going to get back at that person. Maybe it's just for a comment that they said. Let me get them. Next time I see them, I'm going to say, yeah, well, you're one too, or whatever it might be. So that's the first thing. Just don't get caught up on all that returning evil for evil and, and all that stuff. There's a good reason for that. I'm going to show you more in just a moment the rest of this passage. So that's the first thing, refuse negative action. All right? The second thing uh, is the next verse, and I'm going to tell you what that is. It's called look for ways to bless. Look for ways to bless. You say, what, what do you mean by that, bless? Isn't that kind of a Christian-y, churchy word? Well, it, it, it is, it has become, but it's, it's really not. Dictionary definition of bless, it's several different, uh, you know, different numbers, but, but one definition that, uh, as I'm using it, is to confer prosperity, or happiness upon someone, to, to wish for their prosperity, for their happiness. So when I talk about look for ways to bless, that might be a way that you can, you know, do something. Let me just show you what the Bible says. Watch this. He says in verse 20, next verse, instead, do what the Scriptures say. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And they will be ashamed of what they have done to you. Immediately? Probably not. Is that the reason why we do it? No, we do it because it's the right thing. It's a process. And someday they may wake up and say, look what these people have done. They've done nothing but confer blessing and ask for prosperity for me. And they, and they may never know that. That's not the point, though. The issue is I'm going to do what is right here. I'm going to refuse negative action. I'm going to look for ways to bless. And, and, and you know, and here's, here's, here's why. The last verse of this passage is key to this, because watch what happens here. He says, they'll be ashamed of what they've done for you. Now, next verse, verse 21. Don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. That's the key verse here. Because if you don't, you're letting evil get the best of you. And what does that say about you? 
Yeah, but you, say, yeah, but you don't understand. No, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I'm talking about you and how you're going to be healthy. How you're going to be healthy within yourself. How you're going to be healthy with others and how you're going to be healthy in your relationship with God. That's what I'm concerned about. Not all the other stuff. Now, that's an amazing thought when you think, don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. You know what? This may be something as simple. I'll refer to this again in a moment, but I, I, I went through a thing. I've referred to it from time to time here in, in, in one of the churches that I was in before I came here. I've only been in two other churches, so that kind of limits it. But, um, and it was just a very hurtful thing. It was just a couple two or three people, four people. And it was just a very hurtful thing. And it, it, it impacted me more than it should have, but it was very hurtful. And as I processed through some of that later on, it much be like if you had some business associates that you got crossways with and they did some things to you and said some things or, or whatever. And, uh, but I, I processed that as I, after, I, after, I, after I resigned and left and got beyond that and got out of the emotion of the whole thing. Um, I, I processed that, you know, I need to pray for those people. And I would think of those names and those faces, and I would say, God, I just pray for so-and-so. God, I just pray you'd bless him. I pray you'd give him prosperity. I pray you'd give him joy and happiness. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, did you mean that prayer? Sometimes. Sometimes. I'm not going to tell you that all the time. Because that'd be a lie from the pit of hell. But, uh, uh, yeah, Sometimes. And that's what he's suggesting. You know, and that, that may be the only thing you can do. That's fine. Do that. They may be in your life and you may be able to do some other things and, and that would be great. I know people who've been through some situations like this and, and, uh, and, and, and particularly in business and, and with what they would do later on to try to make this in practice, they'd just call and say, hey, can I take you to lunch? Never bring up the deal. Never bring up anything. Just, How you doing? How's the wife? How's the kids? You know, how's your ball team doing? And then leave. People are just like, oh, wow. Even if they go, it's just, it's really, it's really a great thing to do. It, it's very, very difficult at times. But look for ways to bless, to, to confer prosperity or happiness upon. Just look for ways to do that. Not, not, not easy to do. Third thing, how am I going to, when I talk about entrusting my wrongs to God, having this unique ability to move forward, I'm going to do that by refusing negative action. I'm going to do that by looking for ways to bless. And I'm going to do that with a third thing. I'm going to leave it with God. Very challenging concept. I'm going to leave it with God. I'm going to take you to a passage now in 1 Peter, still in the New Testament, obviously. And, uh, and he talks about, he's talking about these particular people he's talking to are suffering. And he talks about that. And he says, this suffering is all part of what God has called you to. He's saying, particularly at this time, Christ who suffered for you is your example. Follow in his steps. Watch this. He never sinned and he never deceived anyone. This is amazing. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. When he suffered, he did not threaten to get even, and he could have. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. It's amazing, isn't it? So many times we don't have the ability to get even with someone. When we do, what are we going to do with that? And what the, what the Bible's telling us to do is leave your case in the hands of God who always judges, always judges fairly. Let it go.
Let it go. Say, well, yeah, but you, you didn't. No, I understand. I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I know that you might be looking at, at some very difficult consequences that you are in because of this dirt ball, sorry, because of this person, you know. But somewhere, sometime, somehow, at the end of the day, when you've done all you can do, you've you got to let it go, and you leave it in the hands of an almighty God who has a way of... Yeah, it's just amazing the way God has a way of dealing with those kinds of injustices. And sometimes it's not in a week, or it's not in a month, but sometimes it's over a long period of time, and you, let, you just entrust that with God. Now, here's what I mean when I say just let it go or leave it with God. You know, here's the deal. Jesus came, and he lived, and then he suffered, and then he died, and then he rose again. He did that for me. Because I deserve death for my own sins. I could die for myself and deserve to because I'm such a sinner and so are you. But Jesus came and did that for me. And I trust, the gospel is I trust in Christ because he died in my place for my sin and, and he lives again to give me new life, eternal life, abundant life. I trust him for that and for the forgiveness that comes with that. But listen, and here's two concepts. One is, if I were the only person on earth, God would have, Jesus would have come to earth and, and died for me. He would have. But I'm not the only person on the earth. And here's the point. This goes back to something I said earlier. And that is, you leave it at the foot of the cross because Jesus died for the sins of that individual too. You know, the, the, the person that, that gave you the shaft, that, that I call him the, the dirt ball. We'll just call him that. Point A, he's the dirt, person A, he's the dirt ball. The dirt ball, he died for him too. Jesus died for dirt balls, of which I am one, by the way. Oh, and you might be too, but I'll let you deal with that. Um, you leave it at the foot of the cross. Because here's, here's the concept, and, and, and hang on to this. Be careful with this, and don't overinterpret, all right? I come to Christ and I ask for Christ daily, actually more than daily, for forgiveness because I need it. But when I go through this thing of leaving it with God, I go to God and I say, God, you know this guy over here that did this? You know him. I just want to ask you to forgive him too. You say, can you do that? Well, you can do that. That doesn't mean, I mean, each indiv- we all still have to come to Christ individually. We're still all individual, free, responsible, moral agents who have to come to Christ on our own. And I think we understand that. But you see what it says when I'm able to pray, God, forgive me and whatever, whatever I might have had in this whole thing. And God, that guy over there that I've had all this animosity toward, please forgive him too. You see what that does? I mean, it's just, it's almost, it's, it's, it's part of the whole healing process. Did I say it would be easy? No, I didn't. In my situation that I mentioned earlier, which I'm going to be a little coy with as I speak about it now. And I've, I've referred to it from different times. What happened to me in this whole thing, and it was, it was kind of uh, just some church junk. Stuff happens in churches sometimes. That's why I was ready to just chuck the whole thing at one point. Um, and some people just, you know, they just uh, I don't know what the whole deal was. They didn't like me or something, which is not hard to understand, for goodness sakes. But, um, I mean, you know, and... Uh, they were saying some things, and they had all kinds of things going on among the leadership. You know, Rich is just, he ought to just whatever, go somewhere else or something. And, and uh, it's only three or four, and, and it, it wasn't that big a deal. But somebody in one of their little meetings taped him. And, and he was a good friend, and he thought he was doing me a favor, and he brought me the tapes. You know, 
And I'm thinking, this is just what I need. I need to hear this, you know? I never listened to him. I just packed him away. Three, four years later, five years later, I have them in my desk. I'm at my desk at my office in Milburn, you know, which is where our offices are. And uh, it was on a Saturday, and, and, and Saturdays are pretty, I'm usually in the office by myself. And um, I saw these, and I wonder what these things say. And I pulled them out. And I'm still having every now and then. This is like, at this point, see, that was about two years ago. So this is about three, five, about five years after, six years after everything's happened. So that's a long, that's a pretty good t- amount of time. Pull these tapes out, stick one in a machine, which, you know, you got to you got to look for a cassette player anymore. I mean, you, know, you just don't find those anywhere anymore. And I um, started to listen to it. And yeah, all this stuff starts coming up again. I'm like, this is crazy. Pulled it out. We got, I don't know how many, were two or three. I grabbed them, put them in a bag, took them out to the dumpster. Dumpster was full. <laughs> you know, put it on top of the dumpster. Started to walk back to my office. That's not good enough for me, man. So I walked back, picked them off the top of the dumpster. I'm not going to crawl in the thing. I, said, I, I picked them up, put them back down. I went behind the dumpster, found a big rock. I just started smashing them. I don't want this stuff. Or I, don't want to, I, don't, I don't want to deal with this. I mean, I've dealt with it. I don't want to have to continue to revisit this. You know? Smashed them up in little smithereens. Threw them away. And I'm not going to tell you that that never comes up in my mind or in my heart. I'm not going to tell you that never does, but I'll tell you it's pretty rare. And so sometimes, you know, there's some little thing that we can do, and I don't know what that might be with you. Maybe it's like one friend of mine who wrote a letter and then burned it of all of his, you know, things with this individual or whatever. I don't know. It's different things for different people, and there are people who are very creative about this. My point is we need to do something to say, God, this is yours. I'm going to leave this at the foot of the cross for your forgiveness for me and for them. Whether they ask for that, that's their deal. It's not my deal. But I'm going to ask you for that. And I'm going to move on because I want to be healthy. I mean, you know, life's short. I want to be healthy. So leave it with God. Leave it with God. And the other thing I would just add about that is, and I'm just going to give you a sort of a postscript on this, just don't try, try, try not to be one of them. I know probably everyone here at one time or another has been accused of being, being what I call the dirtball, the person who's, who's got the gold and left somebody with the shaft. Probably all of us here, if we live beyond the age 10, probably have had that accusation a time or two. Do the best you can with that. Ask God to give you a clean heart and a clean conscience to do what's best. And maybe in some cases you might need to go back and, and have a little chat with some people to ask for forgiveness. Again, they may not give it, but that's, that's not your deal. When you entrust your wrongs to God, you have this unique ability to move forward. You've got to move. You need to move forward. And you know, it's just amazing how that works and how God can work in our lives. And in just a moment, you're going to hear a song about how um, it'll all be worth it. It's a great song. And, um, but here's the thing I want you to hear. I want you to hear it loud and clear, and that is sometimes this is a process. 
And, and when I think of a process, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an impatient kind of guy. I don't know if you've heard that about me or not. I'm an impatient kind of guy. When I think of a process, somebody else says, this is going to take a while. I say, oh, I got a couple weeks. Sometimes it's months. Sometimes it's years. Just want to caution you with that. That's why we entrust God with them so we don't have to carry them around anymore. When you entrust your wrongs to God, you have that unique ability to move forward. I'm going to get the band to come up and and just listen to this song. I'm going to pray when they come up. This is just so great. Let me just pray as they're coming up. God, we are are very fallen people who are in desperate need of your goodness. And I pray, God, that you would, uh, that we would just be very sensitive to that subject, that we would think, reflect, and pray on those very important issues that, that are in the middle of our mind right now. We thank you for Jesus, that he came and lived and suffered and died and rose again to give us new life, forgiveness. And we pray, God, that we, would, we, we are thankful that we have that relationship with you because of Jesus as we seek to be healthy people within ourselves, with others, and in our relationship with you. We pray that and we thank you that for that in Jesus' name. Amen.